Hi there, I'm Lisa Kapala. Welcome to Where's Wilmington. This particular episode is being filmed during the holiday season, thus my little garb I have on here, and also out of solidarity for my guest today, who is Kenzie Whelan-Dunn. She is from the Wilmington Animal Food Pantry. Did you even know we had one of those in Wilmington? Well, we do, and we're going to find out more about it today. So welcome, Kenzie. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. You're Excited welcome. So I did not know we had an animal food pantry in the town, and as a matter of fact, I don't think I even thought about that. I, I am an animal person, but I'm not as devoted probably as many animal lovers who are watching today. So I never thought about while we're making our Christmas lists or Hanukkah lists or Kwanzaa lists or birthday lists, maybe we forget our furry friends. And I think also because of the pandemic and other economic challenges people are facing, probably the animals are the ones who are shortchanged somewhat. So let's backtrack and tell me a little bit about you and why you're an animal lover, because you would have to be to take on such a big project. <laughs> yes, I think I've been an animal lover my whole life. I think it started with my childhood dog with most people, you know, and um, that bond is really special and it just kind of grew and I was really lucky to have um, a dog I adopted in college. She was a seven-year-old lab that I adopted from the Humane Society. Okay. Don't recommend adopting in college, but it worked right. out for me. Right. <laughs> um, and she was just such a special dog. And I think from then I just really dove head in. Okay. So adopting from the Humane Society. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to guess you're around maybe what, under 30 or something yeah. in that neighborhood? <laughs> okay. So did someone teach you to do that? Because when I was growing up, we did the pet store route, mm. or it would be your neighbor's dog had puppies and you would just pick up a puppy that way. What made you decide to go to the Humane Society? Somebody in your household must be an animal lover as well that taught you to do that, right? Yeah, my parents always adopted too. We had two adopted dogs during my childhood and they were both really amazing and it never really crossed my mind to do anything else. Interesting. Um, so that's how I got okay. into it. Yeah. What's that process like for those of us who have never had the opportunity to do that? What is it like when you go to adopt an animal? So it's, it's completely different for every organization, um, but with humane societies and um, sh usually brick and mortar shelters, you go in, you meet some dogs. Sometimes you go in with a dog in mind. Sometimes people will recommend a dog for you. Uh, based on your lifestyle and things right. like that. How much room you have, how much exactly. time you have. Kids, right? other dogs, things like that. Right. Um, it's got to be tough to narrow it down to one, though. You go in <laughs> and they're all so cute. And I guess sometimes they pick you, maybe. Yeah, I went in um, for my first dog, Belle. I went in and said, which is the dog that's not getting adopted by other people. Right, right. Um, because I just I knew I had the time and um, the, I was willing to put in work. And then, of course, I got the easiest dog in the world. But nice. because she was seven, people didn't want to adopt her. Oh, so. right. Yeah. Okay. And so fast forward to now you're out of college, you're moving along in life. What was your major in college? Um, agricultural business. Interesting. So it was a little... Shift. I guess a little aligned. But the skills, but the skills were, are the same, yeah. you know, marketing and running a business. Sure. And it's a nonprofit, and that's a little more challenging even than a traditional business, I would say. So when was the Wilmington Animal Food Pantry created or founded, or when did you have the vision it was something you needed to do? So I created an organization called Rescue Allies um, this year in 2022, um, and we provide mostly consulting for shelters and rescues and help them with their organizational structure. Okay. Their adoption processes, foster programs, things like that. Right. Um, and one of the major things I was seeing is that no matter how efficient a shelter is, 
they cannot keep up with the intake right now, the demand for people to surrender mm. their animals. What do you think um, has caused that, Kenzie? I think it's a multi-reason yeah. <laughs> situation. I think post-COVID, a lot of people are not adopting um, really? because they already adopted during COVID okay. um, is one. Two, I think post-COVID people going back to work are you know, right. surrendering their animals, right. realize they don't have the time that they thought they would. Um, and three, you know, the economy is struggling and people right. aren't able to. Just don't have the funds. They can barely feed themselves, exactly. never mind an animal. I think it's fascinating. I, I did some research before the show. And I know other towns have animal food pantries. But I think for me, unless that would be on my radar, I probably wouldn't have even known that existed. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we're trying to um, overcome by having this program. So a lot of um, human food pantries will have animal food. Um, which is fantastic, but it's only helpful if you know about it. Right. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the time when people get to the human food pantry, they've already surrendered their animal because they didn't know that resource was available. Right. Um, and they're struggling. So right. we want to try to get there preventively <laughs> before they surrender. Right. right. And it's interesting, too, that that population who needs food pantries, I've used them before in my life, too, when things were difficult, That's not that wouldn't be my focus. I don't know that I would be thinking about that because you're obviously in a situation where you really need some assistance. Do you think it's better to have the animal food pantry in with the traditional food pantry or do you feel like it should be separate? I think it's easier for organizations with separate goals to be separate. Right. I think that there's definitely an opportunity for crossover and you know, collaboration. Right, referral. Mm -hmm. yes, sure. Yes. But I do think that um, since our direction is to keep animals out of shelters. Right. It's a different goal from human animal food pantries. Okay. So you're sitting there one day drinking coffee and you decide, I'm going to create an animal food pantry. How do you do that? So first I did some research about whether there was need. Um, I think that's important that's pretty for obvious, most right? nonprofits. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, pretty quickly, you could see the um, surrender rates in our area. Right. We actually serve seven towns around Wilmington as well. Okay. Um, and part of the thought process behind that was some of the towns that have um, more to give can help stock for the towns that have less to give. So okay. um, balancing out that way. And I would guess volunteerism is probably higher in the towns that don't have the financial resources. Right. Because there's many ways to give. It doesn't mm -hmm. always have to be financial. There's volunteerism, which I'm sure you need help with lots of things. Okay, so you go ahead and you decide you're going to become a nonprofit. Well, good thing you had some business background because <laughs> what's the process of that? Yeah, so I just used LegalZoom. They're actually really easy and helpful. Great. Um, so I just went online and, yeah, I filled out all those forms. And um, there's a couple of Facebook groups for people starting nonprofits where okay. I just went in and, like, searched some questions. And Right. Because um, yeah. as soon as I heard about you, I went, oh, light dawned. Of course this is a need. It just <laughs> hadn't occurred to me prior to that. But you don't actually have a physical location quite yet. That's right. Tell me a little bit about the struggle of that, and does that make your job easier or harder? It's definitely harder. Um, my husband is very understanding and kind. But Shout our, out to the husband. Yeah, All right. right. But um, my basement is the animal food pantry, so okay. I would love to get that space back someday. Right. Um, but, yeah, so having a physical location would be amazing for not only storage but also distribution. Okay. Um, 
we would always continue to deliver for people who need it because I think there's a lot of mobility issues. Um, right. And just timing wise, like if your job doesn't allow for availability at certain hours, um, delivery is still important. But wow. I also. So you actually deliver? I do. To folks? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm the only one that does it because I think it's a sensitive right. topic. So I don't want right. to volunteer to accidentally deliver to someone they know. Um, so right. Right. Sure. And I mean, there is a sense of it's, it's so hard to ask for help, right. you know, when you need it, especially for your animals. I think for yourself, you could do that. But for your animals, you probably feel like, should I even be allowed the privilege of having this animal? Well, there's, yeah, there's a big you know? stigma around that. And I think it's, it's difficult to, people will say like, oh, if you can't afford your animal, you shouldn't have one. But, right. you know, 60% of the U.S. lives paycheck to paycheck. And all right. it takes is one thing <laughs> to go wrong. And right. I, if no, if people who are saying that if they've never experienced that, it's amazing. Good for you. But right. many people um, who deserve to have their animals and the animals are loved and cared for go through hard times. Right. And we, we all have. I mean, the pandemic, if anything, it leveled the playing field, I think. And it taught us all that anything can happen at any time. And I think that's good. You know, yeah. Have you seen an uptick in donations since the pandemic or where are you at? So we've only been around post-pandemic, um, okay. so not much to compare it to pre-pandemic, but there's definitely a high need, and based on the research I did before starting, there's a much higher need um, now than there was pre-pandemic. Okay. So I know that you provide food. I know that some animal lovers are persnickety about what their animals get. Mm -hmm. How do you decide what food you take? Do you have the more high-end expensive food? How does that work? Yeah, so we have um, a pretty big range of food. People have been really generous. Um, we also accept like two-week gift cards and monetary donations so that okay. if someone has an animal who has a specific dietary need, we can meet that by purchasing the food for them. Okay. Are we talking about specifically dogs and cats? Or do we, we run the full gamut here? Full gamut. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we okay. have also served um, parakeets and guinea pigs and rabbits. So wow. any animal that is in humans care wow obviously because you don't have a brick and mortar location and you're doing this in your home you don't accept animals that need treatment or care i don't accept animals yeah that's correct i'm not a um, rescue or shelter okay. but i if anyone does need a an, an in or you know a connection i'd be happy to provide that okay um, yeah. Yeah. referrals mm -hmm. that's what exactly. we we'll call it right yeah. okay but you have a really great website Oh, thank you. So if folks want more information, if someone's watching this and they're like, oh, wow, I have all this leftover animal food, or, or do you take opened food? We don't take open food um, or expired food just for liability reasons. Okay. Um, but there are people who do, um, so I'd be happy to connect anyone because okay. I hate to see it, it go to waste. Right. So when people found out about you via your website, which is? WilmingtonAnimalFoodPantry.com. How easy is that? <laughs> WilmingtonAnimalFoodPantry.com. Say that fast five times, right? <laughs> uh, when you go there, there's a frequently asked questions section that we're going to cover a lot of that information today. But if there are things that people need to find out, what will they see there when they click on your website? Yeah, they'll see why the program exists, um, what we use donations for, who donations go to, right? who qualifies to receive food, which is anyone, right. anyone asking? Right, right. Um, we never ask for proof of need. Um, I think if you're asking, right, I believe you. Um, you know, I've I don't think we've had. 
people scam us. Right, abusive yet, that so, way, right, right. Um, hopefully okay. that stays that way. But. All right. So I do know that you've had some very generous people in Wilmington, which is a very generous community, as you know if you've watched this show. A lot of giving in this community. What organizations or businesses in the town have helped you so far? Because I know you've done some pretty cool things. Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of really generous um, people and organization, organizations. So we have um, Open Space Gift Shop in Tewksbury has been incredibly generous. We have an upcoming event with them. Um, Exit Realty in Wilmington gave, had this huge donation drive. It was amazing. They were so generous. Um, Market Basket in Wilmington allowed us to table outside, um, which brought in a lot of donations and awareness. Right. Um, Wilmington Memorial Library, Salem Five Bank, um, Stella Doggo Playcare in Tewksbury as well, um, okay. and the Blue House Santa Project. And, and we just had Santa and Mrs. Claus on from the Blue House <laughs> Project, so we know oh, how loving and wonderful yeah. they are. Were you surprised that the community was willing to back you as strongly as they have for such a young organization? I think I was overwhelmed with the support, absolutely. Right. I, was, I didn't know what to expect. Um, only lived in Wilmington for about four years, um, but it's just been so welcoming and people have been so generous and excited to help. And All right. It's been amazing. So if there is such a thing, what's a typical day for you as the founder, executive director, the everything of this organization. <laughs> What's a typical day look like for you? I will guess that you eat, sleep this. You're probably <laughs> driving around thinking all the time, I could ask them, we need this. But what, what is it like for you running a nonprofit in these times? Yeah, so um, I wake up, I take care of my dog's routine. I have three dogs. so Three I, dogs, I, okay. I, yeah. Um, and then I try to answer some emails, try to get ahead of the... Um, organizational side right then I work <laughs> I have a different job well, that actually pays okay um, for my dogs and then after work I'm I... so glad the job pays for the dogs <laughs> I love that well I, they're not paying for anything so, yes yes and someone has to not yet but <laughs> maybe eventually <laughs> yeah. um, and then I usually go and do some pickups or drop-offs okay um, in the evening and then back to emails Okay, and when it well have you have you had a full year yet? Of? Not yet. No. Okay, so the next challenge for you will be completing all of your year-end tax and yes, and all of that stuff. So hopefully, someone will be able to help you navigate how that works so that you can move forward. But I know you've got some big ideas and big plans. So let's hear your wish list. Yeah, I guess location, location, location yeah. would be. The wish first list, thing. yeah, it's definitely, location is pretty big. Um, we'd really love to have a space that we could open up to families to come and pick out what they'd, what they'd like. We ask, of course, in the, in the form um, for preferences, but I think it's different when people come and see right. what's available. Well, it feels available. more like a shopping experience, exactly. right. We had a uh, pickup event at um, the Public Safety Building in Wilmington, right. and it was a really nice kind of like glimpse into what it will be when we have yeah. a location um, and that was really exciting. So you left there all fired up with yeah. ideas right? <laughs> yeah exactly okay. and then we want to expand our program offering so there's a lot of reasons why people surrender animals. Um, right. Finance is a major one but also behavioral reasons so training um, many of the training issues people struggle with are easily solvable if you have the right tools and right training and right really? people behind you. Yeah, of course. Hmm. Um, Could you elaborate a spec more on that? Sure. Tell me so what you mean by that. A lot of animals are surrendered for things like 
pulling too hard on a leash or oh, okay. not being crate trained so they tear things up when the family is gone. Things like okay. that are definitely solvable, okay. but you have to have the right tools and people to help you. And so we want to offer um, free or discounted training services, so mm. partnering with trainers where we pay them and they work with families. Okay. Um, also, people who get new jobs and can't keep their animals because right. they're scheduled and they can't afford a daycare or a dog right. walker. So providing those services as well. Got to be emotional, though, when you hear the stories that you hear. Do you think some of that is an uninformed consumer? Because I think when I was growing up, lots of people got puppies for Christmas. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I think that the marketing or the PSAs out there in the world have taught us maybe that's not the right thing to do, or at least not if you haven't talked to the person you're going to give the animal gift to. You know, in my day and age, everybody just, oh, puppy. Well, we didn't really think about the long term. Do you think the tide has changed a little bit about really thinking through whether an animal is a proper or appropriate gift to give? I think we're getting there. I think we're getting closer. I think it's also a difficult thing where anything in life, you can do your research and you can talk to people and try to understand, but you don't know what it's really like until it's true. you're there, you know? And I think for some people it's harder than they expected or right. their life is different than they thought and right. things change too, so. I agree. It's kind of like having a baby really mm -hmm. almost, you know, so very, so you think everything's going to be all sunshine and roses and then you realize, well, no, there's actually work that's involved with keeping these animals, but the return is so great, right? The reward. Absolutely. What kinds of dogs do you have? You have three, you said. I have three. I have an American Bully. Um, we rescued about, it'll be a year ago in two weeks. Wow. Um, then a Lab Pity Mix we've had for almost five years. Um, and then our dog Owen, who um, is a Catahoula Mix, who is a foster fill. Wow, okay. Veterinarians, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I know we just talked about the physical space that you envision having, but there's got to be a piece, the medical piece. And I know that pet insurance is somewhat of a new thing, but I know that there is a lot of concern about things that animals need as far as medical care. And I'm sh I don't know if they get the checkups they should get. Yeah, speak to that a little bit. I see you know. Yeah, okay. yeah. So pet insurance is great. I highly recommend it for anyone who can afford it. I have it for all three of my dogs. Wow. Um, but it's only help for, helpful for emergencies. It doesn't cover the Routine annual. Routine care. Yeah. Yeah. Or most policies don't. Right. Um, so that is expensive. You go in, it's a couple hundred dollars. And sure. Not everyone has that ready, you know, right. to spend. So um, we want to help ease some of that while the animals are getting the care they need because vaccines are really important um, and the, being seen by a vet annually is really important because there's things that we miss. Right, because I think most people would think about, oh, well, the spay or neuter piece probably when you're adopting. Now, when you adopt from a shelter, I know you don't run a shelter, but you've had some experience there. Yeah. When you adopt from a shelter, is that usually taken care of for you? Yep, it's almost always, um, or you are required to do it. Um, okay, and right I know after. there's usually a, a sliding fee scale for something like that, I think, in most of those places if you need to have it done. How are we doing with educating new pet owners about these kinds of things? Well, up um, in Massachusetts, we have a pretty good education level, I think. I think it's helping um, the population. I think a lot of the animals that come um, to Massachusetts are actually from southern states. Really? Um, yeah, where it's not, not as widespread or there's different beliefs about mm. spaying and neutering. Um, animals are sometimes kept outdoors, which can't really be a thing in New England. You know, right. it doesn't, you know, unfortunately right. they wouldn't survive. So 
Hmm. It's a different um, Why are they coming from the south? Do you, do you know? The overpopulation is um, pretty extreme in the south. Really? Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. So um, there's a higher demand in northern states than there are animals or puppies, um, and they bring them out from the south. Okay. Of course, there's always going to be local dogs that need help as well, and local cats, but right. um, the, yeah, the need is wow. greater. And we're mostly talking about doggies today, <laughs> but cats too, right? What about the cat population? How are we doing for them? Oh, yeah, also overpopulated. Yes. Um, yeah, we're struggling with that as well. I think they have a harder, the education for spaying and neutering cats is um, a little further away than with dogs. Um, that needs some more work. Okay. And they also, you know, they have feral, feral cats are easier to care for than feral dogs, so right. people let it slide more. Okay. What do you want from the community? What are you looking for? What is your highest need right now? I think right now, um, for us to get a space, we need the finances to do that, so monetary donations. And or a nice location that or somebody's nice not using, yeah. maybe, that, right? Yeah. It doesn't need to be like a full building either. It could just be... Um, you know, a storage space or even a garage that someone doesn't use would right, be great. Right. Um, but I think that's our, our biggest need. And then um, volunteers to help with the okay. donation pickups. So most of the students in this area are required to have community service hours in order mm -hmm. to graduate. Is your program something that could be or is accredited through that for volunteers? Though? Absolutely, yeah. We're a 51C3, so um, all hours would count towards. Okay. What kinds of things would a volunteer for you be doing? Um, right now, we have a couple kinds of volunteers. We have people who pick up donations. So if someone's looking to donate a bag of food, they just um, leave it outside their front door on the day that we schedule it volunteer picks it up and brings it okay. to my house. So very similar to other donation programs that we have in the community already set up very mm -hmm. similar. It's good because I think the more it's standardized, the easier it is for people. What questions do you get normally on a day-to-day -day basis? Do people call you with crazy questions? What kinds of things are you fielding from your emails and phones? Um, a lot of the questions we get are just, do you take these items? Right. Um, we get a lot of like offers for um, blankets and towels and things. Um, we aren't taking those at this time. Right. Lots of vets and um, the hospital in Woober and the um, mass vet referral yes. will definitely take those. Yes. Um, MSPCA, things yes. like that. But we're really just That must be hard to say no to someone who I wants to give no. you something. But you said you're running this out of your home, and we already said your husband is raising for <laughs> all this. But you can't possibly keep all of that stuff. Right. Chain link fences and doggy <laughs> beds right. and water bowls and all that stuff. You can't possibly keep all that. And it probably wouldn't be wise to do that because you'd feel like yeah. you were living your work, right? And that's <laughs> yeah. not good. We do have a small supply of, um, like, carriers and um, litter boxes and things like that for so people who need those, but we try to keep that pretty small because they take up a lot of space. Right. Okay. What is next for you guys? I know you've been, you have been working really hard to get the word out to the community. I heard about you on the community page. That's how I found you. What's going on next? Because I know you're always doing something. Yeah, this Saturday um, we're having an event at the Open Space Gift Shop where people can decorate their own treat jars. Um, and then in February, we're doing a cornhole, 
cornhole tournament uh, with wow. Wicked Cornhole. So that'll cool. be really fun. Okay. And as far as how we can get in touch with you, if we want to donate or get involved or volunteer, or we just have questions, website's a really good place, which mm -hmm. is? WilmingtonAnimalFoodPantry.com. Easy peasy. Um, our Facebook page, I'm on there all the time. So okay. if you want to message the Facebook page. All right. Um, our email is hello at rescueallies.com. Hello at rescueallies.com. Yeah. Okay. Do you work with other animal organizations to kind of brainstorm how to make this all work? Do you have support from other areas? Like I'm thinking of that animal, the big animal farm, Nevin's Farm, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that that's got to be someone that helps you to navigate all of this because this is a pretty big undertaking that you've done. Yeah, I do. Um, through Rescue Allies, the consulting, I do have a lot of um, connections in the rescue world and they've all been really supportive. And then um, there's an organization called Positive Pantry, P-A-W, Positive. Oh, cute. Um, and they supply animal food to a lot of organizations across Massachusetts and Vermont. Okay. And they have a community call once a month for organizations who do this type That's of work. That's good. So yeah, it's nice. because I'm sure things come up that you probably didn't even know you were going to need help with, like the end of the year taxes and, and keeping up with all of the paperwork. Because most of the stuff you do is probably fairly fun, getting all the dog <laughs> yeah. food and meeting all the people. But to make a nonprofit run properly, you need donations, you need marketing, you need all those things. So it's a pretty broad-based thing that you're doing. So I want to thank you for doing that for all our furry friends oh, and for I'm this community because so there's definitely a need. Is there anything final, which we covered a lot of good stuff, that you might like to tell the community at large or that you need from us today or that you'd like to say? Um, I think generally just you know, asking for help is not a bad thing and all of us need help <laughs> at some point in our lives. Right. So um, definitely utilize programs that are available to you that you need. And then people who want to volunteer and get back to their community, I think working in your community and making the community stronger is what really makes yes. the whole country. Yes, a, a great and if somebody's got a skill if you're watching this and you think, I could help Kenzie with fill in the blank, just reach out, right? Absolutely. Right, because you'd, sometimes you don't know until you know, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. All right, thank you so much for being with us today, taking time out of your busy three-dog life, plus a job, <laughs> plus a husband, plus running the pantry, and thank you for creating it for the town. I, I know our little animal friends can't thank you, but I will say <laughs> thank you for them. Thank you so much for having me. I really you're had welcome. a good time. Thank you guys for watching Where's Wilmington today. Please keep in mind that the next time someone asks you Where's Wilmington, you tell them right here and right here on WCTV. We'll be with you again soon.